crop tops have been like, you know, the trend for it. And Terrell's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But crop tops have been like a big trend, just as an example, right? They've and never so been a trend in my world. <laughs> so crop tops, like, I think that it's still a thing. So huge summer, you know, huge summer outfit, crop tops and jeans, whatever. And then those booty shorts that people wear, like you can actually see their butt cheeks. But anyways. I own zero pairs of booty shorts. <laughs> so, so the two situate, those two are like a big thing. And it's like, if you have all those crop tops in your inventory and crop tops cease to become a trend, but that's a lot of crop tops you have sitting in your inventory that people are not gonna buy. I'm Lola Turner and this is Business Talk Library, the place where business makes sense. Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of Business Talk Library and you are tuned into the podcast. And today we are having a conversation about Forever 21's bankruptcy. Yes, Forever 21 has filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, so Lola and I are going to talk about it. Well, Lola's going to do a little bit more talking because I don't really shop at Forever 21, but she'll uh, fill in the gaps. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't shop at Forever 21 anymore, okay, except, except for my recent trip to New York because I was desperate and my luggage was lost, but... I've done, I've done come up in life. Okay. No, no offense to anybody that shops for Forever 21 though. We'll, we'll elaborate on it. We'll elaborate on it. But <laughs> before we jump in, what exactly is chapter 11 bankruptcy? Just to, to give people some context. So, I mean, I think a simple way to look at it is chapter 11 bankruptcy is where you are reorganizing. You're not shutting down. It's not like chapter seven where you're shutting down. Like, Hey, it's a wrap. Like we're done. We ain't got no money. Goodbye. Um, and we have no business. Chapter 11 is like, Hey, we owe some people some money. We um, need a break. They're coming after us, and we need some legal protection. That's not like the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming after you. Let me finish. Okay. So, chapter 11 is, we owe some people some money. We really don't have it to pay them right now. So we need some legal protection so we can have some time to get our stuff together. together. And then we will get back onto a new schedule of making these payments. But right now, we don't have the money. I literally, you know what came song came to my mind? Get it together by NDRE. Get it together. <laughs> That's literally song came to my mind. But less, I digress. Um, yes. So Forever 21 is not going out of business. Yes. Shout out to anybody that shops at Forever 21. I, if it was probably like seven years ago, I would have been extremely sad because Forever 21 was my, was my spot. I think everything I had in my closet when we first met in 2012 was probably Forever 21. Mm, interesting. Um, and what do you mean interesting? <laughs> some pretty awesome style in 2012 Terrell. I mean I, I don't think that Forever 21 has bad style. I mean I think that they I think they cater to they cater to a a good audience that they know their audience well. Now, what I don't think and I think this chapter 11 bankruptcy is kind of a sign of it when you start to, you know, look past the headlines, look past, you know, the, I guess the surface level stuff and you actually look at how the business was run and you look at the details behind the business. I think that there are some fundamental things that they didn't adjust. I mean, even yep. when you and I like when I would go to the stores with you, I think there's some things that stood out like, "Hey, Mm, this probably you should probably make some adjustments here. Agree 100% with that statement. I think uh, Forever 21, 
personally, from what I've seen more in the more recent years, I think they cater to too much of a specific audience. When I was in college and I would go in there and even when I graduated, you could find a variety of options, a variety of outfits, a variety of styles. But now it's actually become more following the trend, which there's nothing wrong with following the trend. But the issue with the following the trend is it goes up and down and things change. So what's popular one day might not be popular the next day. So I guess just taking a step back and looking at Forever 21 as a patronizer, um, not as much as I used to be of Forever 21, just looking at the business side of it, what are some lessons? And again, Forever 21 is a, is a private company. So a lot of this is just our assumption based on the times that we've been into the store and just different decisions and stuff that have been made. So we don't have any insights of financials. Um, I think the last revenue amount that was reported was $4 billion in 2016. So they, they were doing pretty well in revenue. But just from what we've seen in, in the Chapter 11 bankruptcy, you know, I guess just some tips for people or I guess some takeaways as a business owner, Terrell. Yeah. Think, what do you learn from this? I think a couple of a couple of things stand out to me. I mean, I mean, basics when it comes down to marketing and getting a product out there. I mean, no whatever business you have, you have to get your product in front of the people who are most likely to buy. And when you think about the audience or you think about the customer base for Forever 21, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of that customer base is either going to be on social media, whether that's Instagram. Yep. Some of them maybe on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok. I mean, they're in Musical. those spaces mm -hmm. to where if Snapchat. you're not, I mean, if you're not showing, if your products are not showing up in that space, mm -hmm. then it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I don't know if Forever 21 really had a strong agenda of really getting in front of their customers on in those spaces. I agree 100%. I, I don't think, I, I have, I had never seen... I didn't even know Forever 21 had an Instagram presence until when I was looking them up before this conversation. So whether that's bad or good, maybe they catered to a different demographic. I just don't think that they had enough of a, of a presence. But again, lesson here is, hey, you need to make sure that you're taking your product and taking, promoting your business where the people that are more likely to patronize your business are. And like you said, different social media platforms, extremely important that you have a presence there. And I just, from what I can see, I just don't think Forever 21 did a good job of that. Yeah. And I think that there's a variety of ways to do, to do it. I mean, some people are like, man, I got to go spend tons of money like I did on television and radio mm -hmm. ads. And I think there's a variety of ways you could do it. I mean, there's the organic route. I mean, which I think is an out of the box idea. I mean, let's say if you're a company like Forever 21, you have employees that are avid customers of your store. Right. So instead of going out and hiring, I guess you say celebrities to be or professional models, I mean, you can just have some of your employees allow them to have a shopping spree in one of your stores right. and just, you know, film them actually going through That's picking up idea. the different outfits and just, I mean, cause two things, one is your employees are going to be very happy because you're taking care of your employees for free. Plus <laughs> they actually, you get to film their experience of, let's say their 200 or hundred dollar shopping spree right and at the same time they're going to share it with their friends so people are going to get a view of hey what's in your store and then not only that is shopping in your store looks like a fun event exactly and you can create a whole story out of it you can put it on instagram you i mean it's a great idea i think that's really great one of the things i guess i will say and um you've noticed in the 
what, seven years that we have known each other, my fashion style has changed. I think when I first graduated from college, I was more focused kind of on what was trending. Uh, price was a big factor for me. So I wasn't really spending a lot of money like that on clothes or let me just be honest, I couldn't afford it. So, so now it's like, now that I'm at a place where I guess a bit more stable and my, my, my style sense has changed. I'm more so for sustainability, depending on what it is versus actually just being kind of going with the trend. I want something that's going to last longer. And I think from my perspective, based on the couple of times I've walked into forever 21, what's happened is I've walked in, I've looked at one or two things and I've walked right out. Sometimes I look at the window and I'm just like, nah, this isn't going to last. I can tell right away that the quality isn't great. And so I don't really shop there as much. And I guess I say all that to say that I think that forever 21 over the past couple of years has stopped catering to a variety of audience and target markets. I think before it was, if you come in there, I know they used to have a higher brand, like a higher, I think it was called forever 21 contemporary, which was more of like a higher quality, higher, you know, if you're looking for something a bit, a bit, I guess, better quality at a slightly higher cost contemporary the contemporary brand would give you that i don't know if that still exists but at least it gave you the option of hey if you're graduating from college and you're you're not on i guess a as much of a lower budget as you used to be now you're working you can still go to forever 21 and find something that caters to what you want without having to spend a lot of money no, and, I think that's a good point, though. I think that's good to me because you do have to understand where your your customer demographics are. Mm -hmm. And I also think, I mean, overall, the fashion industry within itself, it's a tough one to be in because, mm -hmm. like you said, fashion is constantly changing. And then if you try to target the low-cost market, I mean, then you get into where you're competing with the Walmarts, the Targets, exactly. you're competing with TJ Maxx, mm -hmm. I mean, the Burlingtons, the Nordstrom Racks. The Rosses. Shout out to my people at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so when you step into, I, mean, I think you tend to lose, when you start to just look like one, another company in a broad category, you mm -hmm. start to lose that, I guess you call that brand equity to where now you just look like one of many versus looking like, wow, that's forever 21. That's good. Then yeah. you become, oh, forever 21. Oh yeah. The no, low okay. cost, low, right. the low grade store. I mean, it's like, so you want to make sure that you, you know, you're keeping that brand and that, Hey, you know, you're, adding some type of flavor that makes you stand out within the category that you're in. That's good. What sets you apart? What sets you apart? Yeah. And I don't really think I remember what, when I used to shop there, I felt like, yes, you can be like, oh, I got this forever, forever, forever 21. Like, oh, you ain't going to get this nowhere else. But now it's like, ooh, forever 21. That looks like something that was like bought at Walmart. And actually, no, no hatred to Walmart because I bought some things there. So, um, but yeah, so that's a really good point. What other things would you say that, what other lessons can we take from this Forever 21 situation? Um, to go a little bit deeper into the business side, I do think, I mean, there's some challenges with the strategy with, in fashion, your margins are going to be pretty low. I mean, because the competition is very high when it comes mm, to fashion. And if you're not selling high-end clothing or high-end fashion, then your margins are going to be a little low. Right. Now, one of the things that Forever 21 was doing, I guess you can call it like the Walmart approach is, hey, we have low affordable pricing, but we'll make it up in volume. So they expanded and they had all these stores. But the problem is if you have low margins and you're a very inventory intense business Ooh, and you're yes. expanding, yes. I mean, 
you're going to be short on cash very quickly, which is a, sign, a recipe that leads to bankruptcy. <laughs> That's really good. And I guess just to dive a little bit more into inventory. So that would be, so all the stuff that, all the money that they've spent on purchasing that stuff. And I think the challenge with inventory is you buy something in bulk, right? Because they're, they're more focused on selling volume. You buy something in bulk and then in two months, it's no longer a trend. Because yeah. then you have a social media influencer that's post posted something else that's new. I'm just thinking if you're in college or actually, no, if you're in high school, right? And you're wearing, let's say, I don't know, crop tops. Crop tops have been like, you know, the trend for it. And Terrell's like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But crop tops have been like a big trend, just as an example, right? They've and never so, been a trend in my world. <laughs> <laughs> so crop tops, like, I think that it's still a thing. So huge summer, you know, huge summer outfit, crop tops and jeans, whatever. And then those booty shorts that people wear, like, you can actually see their butt cheeks. But anyways. I own zero pairs of booty <laughs> so, shorts. So the two situate, those two are like a big thing. And when you go to Forever 21, I remember when we were going to Jamaica, I walked in because I was looking for swimsuits, which I don't even know where I went to Forever 21. I think it was like one of those, like we were about to take, we were, we we're about to leave the next day and I was, I was desperate. But when you walked in, you had probably like six rows of crop tops six crop top options and it's like is all of this really necessary you had them different colors different styles and it was all maybe like six seven dollars so it wasn't even that high in price but it's like if you have all those crop tops in your inventory and crop tops cease to become a trend or the summer ends and you have all this inventory of crop tops i mean that's a whole bunch of inventory and again i don't know how they value inventory from a high form of fashion standpoint i don't know when inventory goes obsolete but that's a lot of crop tops you have sitting in your inventory that people are not going to buy. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, because I think you have to think about that as a business because, I mean, your inventory is going to drain your cash. I mean, the more inventory you have sitting on the floor, I mean, if you think about it this way, is if you're an owner of Forever 21, every time you walk into the store and you see all of these pieces of clothing on the floor, it's, that's it's money. literally cash sitting on the floor it's money that's mm -hmm. that you could be using to do something else so i exactly. think you got to be very strategic about hey you know what what how much inventory are we going to bring in because if we bring in too much inventory that means we don't have that cash to either put into advertising we don't have that cash to give employee bonuses we don't yep. have that cash to you know to do this different program to help our stores operate better because mm -hmm. if your cash is tied up in your inventory then you got to wait until you sell it. And the thing is, like I said, if the, when the fashion changes, if you're stuck holding all of these crop tops, then <laughs> crop tops and booty shorts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got crop tops and booty shorts in the middle of winter. It's not a good recipe. Nobody's nobody, trying to do that. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't own any booty shorts or crop tops, but I'm guessing some people, I'm guessing they're more of a summer kind of hot weather. It's definitely a summer, definitely a summer trend, baby. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you'll see somebody wearing crop tops I and booty shorts. I have seen some booty shots in, in the wintertime, though. People are bold. It's cold out there in these streets. But <laughs> we digress. Coming back to it. So I think inventory is one. What about overhead? I guess would um, I guess the number of stores that you have. So all of the the rent that gets has to be paid for that, the employees, all that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I think from a from a rent standpoint, I mean when you're you're expanding because any Forever 21 store that I've been in, they aren't small. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and some of them are multiple floors, yep. which means that the rent price is going to be up there. Now, yep. I don't know how good they were at negotiating prices with the malls that they're located. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's, that's something that you got to think about. It's like your rent price is an overhead because... 
whether or not you sell any products, you still need to pay your rent. Exactly. Like, the mall still expects you to pay your bills. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. And also to have a, to be in a mall, I don't know if they sign long-term agreements to where, hey, they had to sign, let's say, a 10-year lease or something like that. So I don't know. And then I also think, you know, that relationship that they have with the mall is very tricky because, you know, one of the good things about being in a mall that used to be the case is that malls attracted people. Now right. that people are not showing up in malls as much as they used to, mm -hmm. it's just like, mm, is it worth paying the high price of being in a mall? Right, exactly. Or do we just focus our, on selling online, which I personally think is where they should have been re-strategizing. So hopefully with the reorganization, that is one of the things that is in the plant and in the works. But yeah, any other points you want to you wanna highlight on Forever 21? Yeah, I would definitely say that, I mean, I, I think that if you are a shopper of forever 21 or you're interested in forever 21 i think it's very smart that hey there are going to be quite a bit of stores that are going to be closing which means they're going to have sales so i would say <laughs> if you are an avid shopper at forever 21 this is probably a good time for you um i may be picking up some crop tops and booty shorts for <laughs> for 2020 for summer 2020 <laughs> so so i think that that's definitely something to i mean to think about i think you you do have to to make sure that you are managing your cash well, make sure that you are getting your product in front of your customers, and then understand your long-term agreements. I mean, what type of leasing agreements do you have? I mean, because that's something that definitely impacts your business. And also, that leads into another topic, which I think we'll have to finish on another show, is, is also when a store like Forever 21, which is mostly located in shopping malls, when those stores are closed, what does the mall now do? Ooh, how do they make money? So that's going to be another real estate conversation. On we have the next one episode. Another, another episode. <laughs> so yes, that wraps up our Forever 21 conversation. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Business Talk Library podcast. Again, Lola Turner and Terrell Turner here. Until next time. Peace. Peace. And that concludes another episode of the Business Talk Library. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can connect with us on any social media platform, Instagram at Business Talk Library, LinkedIn. You can follow the Business Talk Library hashtag. You can also connect with us on Facebook and YouTube searching for Business Talk Library. If there's any topics that you would like addressed or any questions you have about your business or your career path that you would like for us to answer on the show, feel free to shoot us a note on any of those platforms and we will try our best to get to them. Remember, keep it simple. Oh.